Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by RPAL Gary at Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers custom designed Partscaster style builds and bodies catering to upscale DIY builders. Concierge services are included with every project to ensure every build is perfectly tailored. Gary can assist with design concepts, electronic configurations, hardware selections, and everything in between. Now, every DIY builder is working at a different knowledge or skill level, so Gary offers these services on an as-needed basis, so he can be as involved in your build as you need him to be with help sourcing parts or even advice during your finishing or assembly phases. Gary offers flat top, contoured or edge routed bodies for bolt on necks, as well as custom pick guards, necks, pre setups and other parts and services through builders and guitar techs within Gary's ever growing network. So if you're on the hunt for a sick custom parts caster project, check out at partscaster concierge on social media or partscasterconcierge.com. In the cheesy, it's a sweet, sweet episode of the Cultured Guitarist, and my name, Casper is cringing already. I love it. My name is Beefcake McSquat Thrust Al. <laughs> my God, <laughs> and with me, my dapper companion, Hamloaf McPump Pump Casper. <laughs> I apologize. To I, everyone, I apologize for, for nothing. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> and uh, rejoining us from far across the pond, Fishcone McLift Burpee John of, <laughs> from Heavy Repping. <laughs> together yeah, by our nice powers combined. To use my official title. That's right. <laughs> by our powers combined, we are the Fumbling Numpties. We've decided that's our band name. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a favor of you. Let's not do the rhymey thing. Oh, it's too, no, it's, it's real bad. It's going to, I'm just going to, I go where my heart flows, man. <laughs> How's it Don't stifle him. He's being free. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's going all right, boys. Thank you very much for, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for having me back on. I'm very enthralled to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I've never had a handsome man under my enthrall before. <laughs> You'll get used to this kind of <laughs> stretching thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Here we go. Okay. <laughs> you, you know what I love about doing this, Casper, is, is when I do things right, you have this furtive look on your eyes of, like, you don't know if you should run in a panic away as far I, as yeah. you can get. Or if you should like, well, I see, but that's the me thing. to death. Okay, so, and, and it's a fine balance because I, if I run away, that means I leave you to your own devices when the machine's recording you. Yeah, and that's bad. always a poor choice. That's bad. You need yeah. to be. You need supervision. Um, and two, if I bludgeon you to death in the air, then I'll go to jail. <laughs> that's so, the only thing yeah. stopping me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That doesn't sound so bad sometimes, though. Okay, that's rude. <laughs> well, <laughs> three squares a day. I, you know what? It's uh, this is hurtful. That's what that is. It's it's very hurtful. Mm. But it's honest, Hi, and Steph. that's all you can ever ask of anyone. Casper's lovely 
way above his league partner is here. She is here. Bringing him a coffee. Have I mentioned I'll take her side in the Hi. case, by the way? Uh, yeah. <laughs> John says hello. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> hey, that was Steph's first on-air yeah. appearance. Babe, you're on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that smells good. Yeah. All right. Okay. You know what we haven't done in a long time? Mm. Tea. Yeah. We got to get back into our podcast and tea thing. Speaking of show traditions. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Everything else could kind of go, and that would be fine. <laughs> so, okay, let's, what let's, have we been up to this get, week, yeah. Al? Uh, you're going to go first. So I'm going to go first. You're going to go first this time. What have you been up to, guitar and or music related, uh, okay. this past week? I have been focusing pretty heavily on uh, doing, well, yeah, it's, it's essentially getting ready for the Build series. Um, and I've... Um, I don't want to give too much away about this because we're going to talk about it a lot on this on the series. But uh, I have some geometry issues essentially, right? <laughs> that I have to solve. There's a combination of uh, factors behind it. Um, Dan Presencer of More Guitars was pretty funny about it. I, I I mentioned I was like, yeah, I'm having a couple of geometry issues. He's like, it's the heights, isn't it? <laughs> He's like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, it's always the heights. <laughs> 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 So I think Dan's been through the ringer that way a few times. Probably, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got uh, I got some issues to solve that way. I I have a couple of solutions um, that have been uh, offered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by much smarter sources like Dan. Um, so it's just a matter of like, what am I what am I gonna do? And I haven't haven't decided that yet. I'm waiting for. Um, a package to arrive with uh, one of those options. Right. And, uh, yeah, so there's that. In the meantime, I've, you know, spent a lot of time uh, carefully sanding the body, getting mm-hmm, prepped mm-hmm. for finish and stuff. I'm still on the fence as to what I want to do finish-wise, but uh, it's going to involve some kind of an oil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some kind of a wax top coat. Um, I'm not, yeah, I, you've got tongue oil and conservator's wax, which, uh, I'm you know, could just do that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I should, uh, maybe, maybe I'll take a little sample of your tongue oil home and see how it affects the, the wood, and the scraps that I have and see if that's. Mm-hmm. You know, it might give you a little bit more yellowing. Some of that I yellow think, that I love. Yeah, and, that, yeah. that, cause you got that yellow. Limba Karina yellow. Um, yeah, that, the ash on mine has really soaked that up nice. Yeah, tongue tongue oil does have a bit of an amber mm-hmm. kind of hue to it, so it might work. Um, what else have I been up to? I've been talking to our buddy Charlie at Cascade Pedals. He's making a couple of delay pedals for us. Mm-hmm. Excited mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. You got an update on that? Yep, he's uh, crack a lacking on him. Um, Excellent. He's also a busy guy. So, uh, yeah, I have no, no, obviously. Yeah, I'm very excited. I, I realized that between that pe- that delay pedal and the guitar I'm building and some other, I actually have an obscene amount of sci-fi stuff uh, squeaking its way into my guitar world, <laughs> um, which I'm totally fine with because I'm just a huge dork for that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And that kind of rules my life outside of, <laughs> why, why wouldn't it rule my guitar life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then... Talking to Dan about the uh, pickups. Um, looking forward to that as well. So that's that's it for me. It's not super exciting stuff for me this week. Cool. 
What about you, John? What have you been up to music and or guitar related this week outside of your regular work shtick? Uh, well, I've had, I've had a few really cool things turn up, which is, which is nice. I had, um, had a few nifty picks turn up, obviously, because that's always the case, but a really, really, really nice kit from, uh, Kelly Nonis Guitars, uh, sent me his new Pearl model, which is fantastic. It's made out of, uh, Galilith by the look of things, but a real, uh, handsome bit of gear. Uh, I got a new pick from Zwart. Is made of Zirico, it's about seven, seven, eight mil. Uh, brand new range of picks coming, uh, that a, a gentleman Phil is making called Squishy, which are these mad, like super contoured things. He sent me a whole box of those, they're very cool. And I finally got the Dave Dave, um, Ben's his Dave Dave picks in Edinburgh, in Scotland, sent me his Ben Smith signature thumb pick in glitter acrylic that I put on. Uh, stream tonight. There's hardly anybody doing custom thumb picks, so that's really cool. Um, and I also got a noise box through from uh, a gentleman called Drew Millward, who is a fantastic illustrator. Uh, does loads of um, graphics and custom stuff. He did. Uh, he did the t-shirt designs for my friend James at Home of Tone, who runs like a, mm-hmm. a small yep. boutique guitar shop. You guys probably heard of him anyway. He definitely Well, James has got his his baritone deadbeat is based on my uh, Odessa. And he got, he basically, I've got the normal 25 and a half inch scale one. He's got the baritone version with three McNelly Firebird pickups in it which is really cool. And Drew has the double humbucker version of my guitar, the I El Cato, the yellow one that I got, which has got a single P90 in it. Um, me and him are the only two guys with that guitar, which is kind of nice. But he's, he makes these noise boxes just in normal enclosures. They're normally output only. This one is one of his first input and output. Uh, and it's full of like piezo discs and stuff because I do a lot of noise and horrible things. <laughs> and he also does that and we got we got talking about it and uh and he's like oh make these boxes i'll just send you one so he just sent it to he sent it out to me it's got like one of those sort of things you get behind a door with a skull on top and then another spring that's mounted on two piezo discs and it's got a volume output and it's got this thing you can play with a bow so i so today in my most exciting event i, I, built I, a got, I gotta interrupt it. i love that you didn't even bother to call it a spring it's just the, 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 the thing <laughs> i don't even know well, what like what is that called a spring doorstop or a spring it's a, it's a doorstop it's a spring i guess doorstop. it's yeah. i guess it's a spring doorstop but it's like i, I, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on here like <laughs> yeah. The but, best part uh, about it is, as soon as you made the noise with your mouth, I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the fun bit is, it's got it's got a single it's got a single pot on it, like a volume pot on it. And um, I thought today I've got a spare. I upgraded my pedal board a wee while ago uh, to have a bigger board, and I've still got my old pedal board because it's just this old ragged um, pedal train classic junior. And I've got enough pedals lying around to make a second board just for this noise box. So I've done that today with a looper and a bunch of fuzzes. Oh, jeez. That's awesome. You know? That's, that's And I run a radio into it as well. So it's, you know, well, if you're going to go there, go the whole way there. Don't yeah. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want you to, to 
you know, halfway it. That's yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> You'd disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be always the thing. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a, as far as things turning up, it's been a good week and I'm hoping to get back into doing some recording soon because uh, I, I did a wee count recently and I put, because I, I put the Black Tron 1 stuff out, which is my solo thing. And I, I'm on 17 records this year. So I'm trying to get to, I'm trying to get to 20 before July. Sorry, just to clarify, you're on 17 records or you're, you've done 17 records? No, I've done 17 records. You've released 17 records this year. Yeah. My gosh, I feel very unambitious now. <laughs> well, they're all, it's, that's not through a label, that's digitally, but I still have put them out, yeah. I'm standing by my statement. Yeah. <laughs> they're all on, they're all on. <laughs> so like, you can check them out on Bandcamp if you want, they're all on there. Records <laughs> or singles? No, like uh, sort of anywhere between a sort of four and six track. Yeah, wow. Yeah, between man. like between between about twenty and forty minutes. <laughs> I took like yeah three just years depends. to put out my. I have released four two, songs studio two, two songs. <laughs> I've released two songs, and that was for four years ago now. Yeah, wow, man, that's that's unreal. <laughs> no wonder you don't have any time for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's your busy guy. Holy smokes. Well, congratulations. I hope That's, you I hope you do it. 20 fingers 20 crossed. Yeah. But well, you still got six Race months to so. the end. Yeah, if you've put out seven. And I'm talking about July as in like in a week's time. Oh, you want oh sorry, I thought you meant time. by the end of the year. No, by the end of June. We'll get going, you lazy. Yeah, like, hey, come what on, you, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> if you get time to do this. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Casper. Mm. Oh, yeah, my you turn. You done some stuff this week? Uh, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I turned my uh, my basement into a, uh, a fume hood. Yeah, thanks for that, buddy. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if nobody's ever uh, finished a, a guitar with tongue oil, uh, it has a rather pungent odor whilst... I don't know if I'd call it pungent, but it's thick. It's Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. It's just like it, it heavy and it's... It's there. It, it's yeah. there, yeah. Um, but that's basically... We're, uh, we're, we're buckling down pretty hard to get this uh, build series out to you guys. So, um, yeah, I've just been working on the finish, man, and, and sanding a ton. Yeah, lots. Yeah, of, lots everybody's of, favorite part of guitar building, man. You know, actually, <laughs> I'm finding it super fulfilling, really, man. To, for where the guitar started to where it is now, I think I've made the right choices and I've worked hard enough to that it's that it's really it's really coming together. So, I uh, oh yeah, and I went and bought some bass strings preemptively for the for the assembly of said said beastie. It's good. You only have to do that once in your lifetime. That's what I've. That's what I'm told. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only well, it's it's true. If you, if you buy flats, then yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Um, that's about it. I plugged my acoustic into my tube amp yesterday, and ran it through my pedal board, and, and that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like just right on the edge of feedback. Oh man, it's a hollow body guitar. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I found that uh, I have a weird glitch actually. I think in my amp, there's something going on where it gets like noisy where it's like makes a hum or a, a kind of a, a white noise sound and then it kind of clicks away and then comes back in and clicks oh, yeah. 
something building up a charge or yeah, monster or something, something in the in my pedal board too. I'm not sure if it. I didn't actually check and see if it was doing it without the board in in line. So I don't know there, but it, that was something that was a little bit frustrating yesterday because I was getting some really good grooves going on, and then it was making this noise. I'm like, what the hell? And then it would go away. I'm like, hmm, okay, keep going. Oh, it's back. And then off and on and off and on for like an hour. It was kind of frustrating. Mm. But some so, some work to do there, I think. Track that down, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, should we fire into it? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm done. Oh, I didn't know. No, yeah, whatever. That's why, that's why I was asking. <laughs> Man, passive aggressive, mm. I tell you. It's the, only way to, it's the only way to accomplish anything with you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and on the next episode of Real Housewives. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, I'm done. Okay. You threw that pellet all for nothing. <laughs> no, it was totally fulfilling for me. Oh. The reaction was yep. on point, buddy. Okay. So we have a special one today, don't we, Al? <laughs> it's different. We're doing something different today for yep. sure. Yeah. So about a year or more than a year ago, it was over a year ago, this kind of started, but the idea was we were going to do an episode just kind of, ex- this is the exploring of picks mm-hmm. thing. This this started, uh, um, you know, what? this is how we got Jaquetto picks on the show. This is how we, you know, kind of got to uh, getting close with, uh, with, well, with John from Heavy Repping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there was, the idea was we were going to contact some manufacturers who did boutique, small production picks. Um, most of these guys do their stuff by hand and, you know, talk to them, get them to send us some picks and explore what these different picks do, what they're like to use, Mm -hmm. and then kind of share our experiences about them. And immediately we had some people jump on board and say, yes. And then the pandemic hit, and most of them... And collecting said picks was yeah. very difficult at that point. One one of these wonderful people couldn't even send picks out of the country. Really yeah. send, so. um, but Honey Picks uh, was one of those early people, and they he, they sent us picks uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had these picks for a year. <laughs> we apologize <laughs> for the, uh, the tardiness of it, this project. Usually, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've had some episodes take a little time to assemble, but uh, not usually this long. Um, so we just want to thank, let's just thank all of them right off the bat. Yep. You know, we want to thank Honey Picks mm-hmm. um, for being involved immediately. Uh, and apologize because you were here first and you've waited the longest. <laughs> want to thank Jaquetto Picks. Uh, we want to thank T1 Picks. And we want to thank Tree Picks. All of you sent us really cool stuff. Um, totally on faith that we would not slag on you or do something stupid. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate that a lot. <laughs> Which is a big leap of faith if you've ever listened to the show. Yeah, if you've ever heard Al talk. Yeah, expecting me to not do something stupid. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, where where do we want to start here? You want to, we, uh, John? Where do you suggest we start? I suggest that you start um, close to home with tree. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. I like it. So and and just to I guess maybe introduce where John's coming in on this. Uh, other than the fact that John. Runs the mecca for all info of the coolest of the cool picks out there and what they are and and historical stuff. You've kind of become the point man for the pick community. I would I would say. You think would that be a fair thing to well, say? Well, I've done my best. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a there's a there's a few people. Certainly for the modern community, that seems to be the case. Um, 
there are people out there in the vintage community who I'll just give like the heartiest shout out to Joe Macy guy, the Bills, Brian Bouchard, Tina Holmes, and you know Jeff White from Plectrum Spectrum, um, who are all infinitely more clued up on vintage stuff than me. But as far as modern stuff goes, I this does seem to be the only game in town. So okay, cheers. All right, well, so. <laughs> <laughs> So we, um, we can agree that you know a ton more about picks than us. <laughs> that was, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. that's very I'll take dumb. It. Good. Okay. So John, dear listeners, is going to kind of be our Sherpa up the mountain of uh, pick wisdom, as it were. So prep uh, the Dundee for the Plectrum Sherpa. The pl- <laughs> Shout out to past episodes of Derek Merrow, if yeah. you don't know that joke. Uh, but yeah, so so thank you, John, for for coming in and uh, hanging out with us and, and doing that. So it's oh no bother. So we're starting off with three. What did uh, what did he send you? Um, a lot, a lot actually. Uh, <laughs> a sampling he, of pretty much everything. We have probably a couple dozen picks from him. Yeah. Um, wow. So he we... sent us a bunch with our logo on it. Oh, that's cool. Um, he also sent us a little. So there's these, uh, the sample packs that we got have... <laughs> Whatever you just threw at me fell out of the bag. That's amazing. It's a card that shows you everything okay. that uh, that he sent us. So I'll read it out. <laughs> you read it out. There's yeah. a, a 1.3 millimeter cherry and a, a same mm-hmm. size maple, a 1.4 millimeter walnut, 1.6 millimeter... <gasps> yeah, I know. It's, it's right here. Yeah. I sniff have it? No, you have it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, a 1.6 millimeter zebra wood and then a zebra wood in jazz shape. And then a purple heart at 1.4 milliliter. Mm-hmm. We got a couple packs of those, so there was enough for both Al and I to to play them all. And then Al promptly left his in the car. <laughs> nice. I don't even. I don't think they're in the car. I think they're in my house yeah. actually. But, anyways, so yeah, I love. I got. I love talking to to Adam. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's definitely a super awesome dude. The vision um, that they're that they're doing too is yeah. I next, love I love the, every level. every pick they sell. They plant a tree for, yeah, which is almost an absurd amount of giving back for what they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. they could put they could they could plant one tree for like every bag of picks they sell and be like, good for you. That's a lot. Good stuff. Yeah. So the fact they're doing one tree per pick is just like, wow. <laughs> So they're they're giving back a lot more than they're putting out there. That's for sure. Because uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, folks, but one tree will make a lot of picks. Mm. So Eventually, planting one tree per yeah. pick, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um, playing wise, um, for me, I had the hardest time with with maybe, maybe well maybe not the hardest time with these ones, but um, I really had to change my approach with these the wood you know as, as you might expect wood grips the, the strings a little more as you as you, mm-hmm. as you play it that's what i found mm-hmm. um so i had the easiest time with the purple heart one because it's the densest and so it was a little <laughs> more um natural and as far as like a what i'm natural is for what i'm used to out of yeah it's, i say it probably helps to preface kind of the things you prefer to play because you're a high mass type of pick player you like uh, i do love big picks yeah, yeah. and i am whereas a i'm tang i'm a i club the strings like crazy whereas i'm the opposite i actually 
have a wholly different playing style when I play with a pick. So, um, I like thinner, more precise kind yeah. of. Yeah, I'm I'm either wanging on the strings like crazy, or I'm playing very delicately with the picks. Right? There's no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 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 wood picks were tough for me, and and maybe in a good way. They challenged me. Um, cause I, they, they gripped the strings a little bit more. So I had to kind of hang on to the pick more and control it more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Am, am I barking up the silliness tree here, uh, John? No, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, especially if you're used to like, as you know, I'm, I'm a big heavy pick user as well, but like, uh, the, the thing that's harder with wood is that, uh, skin type plays a big part in this and especially size as well. So, if you find yourself using, I'm big into the Jazz XL thing, so when I use Jazz XL picks, well, the polished surface, they grip really well for me. When you have matte finish, and especially if you're used to, like, hammering things, um, wood picks aren't, it, I mean, it depends on the wood. There's a lot of hard woods out there. Like, say, the Purple Heart's pretty dense, but uh, the, the thing with wooden picks is it's very dependent, like all picks in a sense, but it's very dependent on how they're finished. If it's a matte finish uh, or it's not an oiled finish or a sealed finish like you get from companies like Timbertoads or something, um, it is going to feel like it's, like you say, kind of dragging a little bit. But once you've played, if you keep one of those picks and you pull, play with it for, say, a couple, of, a couple of hours or a couple of days, it will naturally start to wear the tips down uh, and it will feel less weird because it'll shape to how you play mm-hmm. uh, the same way acoustics and the same way acoustics open up more to your chord types when you're playing them all the time yeah and to these things credit i have not put enough time on them to mm. to break them in to me so I, I i don't anticipate us like slagging on any of the products here I, that's not really our style <clears throat> anyway but i i don't want to yeah um, I, I definitely don't want my challenges with these picks to make them come off negative. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a familiarity issue as well. And especially if you are used to even it, let, no messing about here for, for anybody that's listening, if you're used to playing store-bought picks, which there's no problem with obviously, but if you're used to playing, you know, right angle, right angle edge Dunlop Tortex or used to playing Clayton's or, or anything like that. Uh, playing wood is a completely different experience. It's a little bit like playing. Um, if you if you start suddenly playing, if you've used half half mil picks forever, and you suddenly start playing stuff at five mil, uh, it, it's like you know, it's a it's a change to the technique, it's a change to grip, it's a change to the feel of the thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with with uh, with wood is that there's a thing, and it took me ages. To, even though I've got all this stuff, it took me ages to get my to get over this in my head, the fact that it's not plastic and you kind of don't want to tear it up. But the last year or so, I've been playing with a lot of wood stuff and it's way, way, way tougher than you think it is. So when you, even if you are, you know, a bit of a caveman with it, the pick will keep up with you. And Adam's chosen his, he's chosen his materials very carefully, but I also think they are, and spoken about this in a review in the past i think they're much better suited wooden picks in general are better suited to acoustic work mm. um rather than electric work simply because they they marry very well together and they got very little string noise especially the matte finish stuff mm-hmm. 
Um, so it is, it is a question of familiarity. Mm-hmm. Um, Casper had some interesting, you know, uh, observations that opened up some, yeah, some possibilities to these. Yeah, no, I, when I, I mean, playing them myself, uh, I noticed, you know, you instantly get a, a, a softer, more delicate type of response, like much lower attack than something that's much, much denser or harder, like plastic or, yeah. or even, even anything mass produced. So the, the like very subtle attack of, of the wood definitely lent to like a whole different aspect of the, of guitar. And I think lends very, very well to acoustic because you can be a lot more nuanced in that attack. Um, you know, you can still bang away if you want to, but you get that much softer response, no matter how hard you're playing. Um, where yeah. you get something a little more dense, a little bit harder, like a plastic or, a, or even metal in, in some cases, uh, the attack is so much harder. You get so much more output that uh, it's it's almost tougher to be nuanced when when in, in that in that kind of space right so we're uh, i found them to be really and then listening to al is the other side of this listening to al play them today um was like you can really kind of see like the same things played um there's a wholly different even emotion tied to it just because of the way it's being delivered with that with that attack yeah. not not being so so robust um, I know I I really I really dig them. I was I was concerned because when I st- first started playing them, I obviously the walnut one stood out um, <laughs> um, for me, um, and and I played it quite a bit. But it, I noticed that it was like shaving down the edge and kind of kind of sharpening the tip. Um, so I kind of was like, oh my gosh, am I am I killing this thing? Are these, are these like that? But then I, the more I played, that actually stopped happening. It was more really yeah. just like really shaping to the way I play it. Um, and then it, yeah. it kind of just honed itself to a point and then they, it, you know, stopped being so uh, dramatically altered by my playing style. It was really cool. I got to say of yeah. all, of all the pick types we've tried uh, and we were comparing here, um, I do think the wooden ones have the best grip. Mm. No, absolutely. And and I think what John was saying too is the more you play them, because these are a, an unfinished, I believe. I don't think they're oiled or sealed. No, he doesn't. He 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 sands he sands them, and they're from what I understand. And Adam, please get in touch with me and give me a bad time if I'm wrong about this. But I'm uh, I'm fairly confident they are cut by laser. Yeah. Um, and then they are they are hand sanded right. to finish them. But as as far as like all the ones I've had, they've never been uh, at least to the same extent as other companies, they've never been oiled finished mm-hmm. uh, right. because the, the more, the more you put in, you know? Um, yeah. So you could the, always give that a rattle. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I noticed that it, it definitely like absorbs it. Cause I've, I don't have like super dry hands, especially when I'm, you know, holding on to something. I definitely have like a, a, a you know, a, an oilier skin. So, um, mm-hmm. I think my own, like my own skin would kind of treat these in a way and, 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 you know, would kind of adapt to grip even better, you know, because they are definitely like you can hold on to them and they don't really slide around in your hand or something, yeah. you know, a little yeah. bit more glossy. Great that way, right? yeah. Like good material, mm-hmm. a so, natural grip. Yeah. And I really dig that the zebra wood jazz. I like that jazz size, that jazz shape. It's really nice that he, Mm. He includes that because his his the natural shape that they have is quite quite sharp, quite pointy. It's a longer shape pick, and I I like that because of the precision of it. But there's something about the 
the jazz shape that's just super familiar that I really like that too. I have a feeling, and I'm going to take a bit of a punt with this, but I have a feeling that the larger shape, which would be kind of your classic, well, what people would think of as a standard, like a 351, mm. it looks to me like it's based off something like a Herco Flex 75, like the Holy Grail, because it's got wider shoulders and it's kind of longer towards the end. Yeah, it doesn't have that roundness that the Dunlops have got. But yeah, I I love the Jazz. I thought the Jazz was really cool. So, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> ten cultured guitarists out of ten. I'm not doing. I'm not doing. That's a high. Of, yeah. That's a high number. <laughs> <This is. laughs> uh, well, where do we want to head next? We head to the opposite end of the spectrum. So we do, do the 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 T ones, the metal. Yeah, I th- I think that's gonna move. Okay. All right, and uh, so okay, I just where did I? Did you lose them all? No, 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 no. I got them all right here. I'm just looking for the T one, or the pamphlet info pamphlet because I don't want to screw this up. Did um, he send you all three? Yeah, yeah. No, Dusty sent us a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. We've got. Uh, yeah, he he was also very generous. He he sent us uh, basically enough for Al and I to each have two of everything. Yeah, I think we. <laughs> So, oh, cool. yeah, we've we've got a few different sizes and shapes. Um, uh, the guitar, bass, and jazz is, is kind of how they're they're differentiated. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's, he, they're precision etched from three hundred four stainless steel. Um, yep. So I, these these were fascinating. I think mm-hmm. um, the engineering that's gone into this is pretty cool. Um, cause this is obviously not just, a, not just a guy with a laser cutter. This is, there's, uh, there's some grip kind of, uh, shaped into these. Um, there's, there's obviously some laser cutting involved as well. There's a lot of finish work going on here, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, the technology behind these, I think is really cool. And each one, man, they look rad as heck. Um, yeah, they're proper good looking things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, straight up high art. I've been playing a lot of uh, Mass Effect lately. I've got the new remastered Legendary Edition thing, and uh, <laughs> these do not look out of place <laughs> in the Mass no, they Effect don't. universe. <laughs> especially, especially the base one, that color scheme that he's got. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. They're they're wild picks, man. Like because they're only listeners who are interested in such a thing. Difficult to convey over the airwaves, but they're point three of a millimeter. They are so, Which is are, so thin. super thin. I'm holding it up um, to a piece of paper. 0.3 of a millimeter is pretty close to the to thickness, 20 pound. Yeah, the thickness of like regular paper. And I don't work yeah. in an office depot at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, which man. you know that's I mean if that's that's both the selling feature and uh, that's that's one of the things I had a struggle with is how thin they were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and again, as, as self-confessed and talked about many times on this show, orangutan. <laughs> um, so you give me this thin, thin, thin as a piece of paper, thin pick. Uh, and it just feels like I'm gripping my own fingers and then trying to play with magic. Um, cause I just, I, like yeah. the feeling. Yeah. No, like, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, and that's, the pick is strong. This they is are not so rigid. Oh Yeah. You know, there's a tiny yeah. bit of flex here, but I would compare this to a one mil pick or maybe a, an eight, a f- eight, eight, a point eight, eight or something like mm. that. It's, 
it's a very weird sensation when you play with them. And I've, I've talked to Dusty about this, but it, it's weird when you play with them at first because the problem with being that thin is there is no beveling. Yeah. Like there's no, because there's not enough scope um, at that thickness. Even if you went up to point like that, I think the thinnest one I've seen with bevels on, like actual meaningful bevels, is the Dunlop 500 series. Uh, 0.46, like the real, real pinky, pinky, pinky one. Yeah, that's got a tiny, tiny bevel <laughs> towards the edge, but there's, there's nothing, there's no way. Yeah, and, and to, like to do that, they've obviously like there's a tiny bit of sanding going on here, so the edges don't feel like mm. laser cut or sharp or anything like that. No, no, but and they do wear on. They do. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I did a, I did a test with this because the, the feeling of these, a bit like with the wood thing. The feeling of this, especially when you're playing metal, metal always feels really weird. Uh, it's got a crazy amount of power. These are very, very bright, especially the jazz model. Mm-hmm. Um, That's actually the one and, out of them that I that I kind of gravitated most to, just because of the size of it. But the attack and the yeah. power that you can, like, it's like out of this world. It's it's almost unnaturally bright. And unnaturally, yes, hilarious. It, it just they just ring out so loud. I I was again. The, there's a there's a, they grip the strings a little bit because of the edge of these things. You get a little bit there's like a rasp acoustically. You get a little yeah. bit of a rasp too. But I, I kind of actually dig yeah. that, and you can you can work that into into it's what you're doing. Tone. And it's I mean, like a, it is a pretty nifty yeah. tone. Billy Gibbons is known for his raspy tone. He uses a peso specifically to to grab that kind of mm-hmm. rasp on the edge of the strings, right? So I mean. This is yeah. a way of getting that rasp without having to use something as ridiculous as a peso. Um, yeah, and it does it does take a while to wear in, but I did a test with them where uh, just after they arrived, I was talking to them about it, and I was saying about the whole... Um, I always like to push things in, into silly place when I'm doing gigs and stuff, and I said, right, I'm going to go out and do a gig, and I'm only going to take this... I'm only going to take the T1 jazz with me. No other picks, just that. <laughs> and see how and see how it feels. And after playing the the thing that I would say that, that is the hardest to get your head around is because it is so thin but also so incredibly stiff, um, you have to you have to relax your hand a little bit and just forget about the fact you're playing a pick at all. Because it, there's so much power. Um, and if you go thicker, you go to companies like Rock Hard, who do the plasma and the stealth and all that sort of thing. They go up to it's about half a half a mil to a mil, but he does like huge bevels on them and stuff. But with things like this, if you relax into it, the whole point is that it's doing all the work for you. Dusty is by his sort of day day gig. Um, he plays a does a lot of worship stuff and he plays bass with these. So his whole thing was to make a pick that would work on the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, but made from metal, which is a really hard thing to do, uh, because you got a much higher mass of string, you got much bigger winds around the string, so you're more conscious of that as you go in. Um, but it, it, like I said, it, once you've got a couple of hours under your belt with these, the edges will wear to the point where you don't have that <sighs> on the way in, and you don't have, um, you know, it's it's not as bright. Because the bevels are starting to wear. Well, I noticed with the uh, with the guitar one, um, it's painted. It's it's got a coat of paint on there. Mm-hmm. So just by nature of that, it alone has a completely different sound and feel because there's a layer of paint between the metal and the strings. 
that you're playing with. Yeah. So it feels a little different. It feels a little, this is the best feeling one to my fingers because of that paint. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, it's, um, it's almost like it's anodized. Just looking at it now. It's literally a, it's, a powder it's, coated it's, in a really, really thin yeah, coating. It, they, yeah. I don't know. Just as they hit it with a coat of paint, they don't oh. say whether it's anodized or, or whether it's a uh, powder coated or I, spray painted, but it's got a coating he, on he it. He acids, um, I think he acid etches them. Uh, so they all go through like they all go through an acid treatment because otherwise, if if you make them too polished, uh, steel is is like super super zingy. Yeah. Um, so well, everyone's everyone's got a way around if that. I'm, but, if I'm know. reading the pamphlet right, so the the jazz one is copper plated. Um, mm-hmm. The base one it says it's electro plated. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the guitar one is painted. So on, and in addition to the fact that they're each completely different sizes and uh, kind of, you know, not sizes, sorry, kind of shapes and, and tip shapes, um, you have those kind of different materials covering the pick, mm. uh, which is going to create different tones right there. So it's, it's, it, they're interesting. I, I definitely need to spend more time with them. Um, but yeah, I did find, like you said, I had to kind of, and I said this to Casper, like I had to play really delicately um, because there's just so much going on. If you if you play hard, it's it's the guitar's barking. Um, and it also feels yeah. like the pick, for me, it felt like the pick was going to fly out of my fingers because it's so thin. Mm-hmm. If I played hard, it was just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> I found that there was, because of the, the thickness of them, um, and like you say, it's, there's just so much kind of power in your hand, you don't really have to play them like you would normally say like a like a, a standard off the shelf pick or 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 like say the wood ones for example from tree picks like the they're totally opposite ends of the spectrum you know in order to get some some you know louder more powerful tones out of the wood ones you really got to give her these it's like just tickle the strings and they and they and they snap real yeah. hard um so i found that um you know being that like really really nuanced to type of like gentle playing um, had a whole bunch more clarity and just more punch no matter what you did. Um, so like, you know, doing a, an arpeggiated type of type of riff around the, around the fretboard, you find that every note is really, really uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Enunciated really, really crisp, really, really crisp. Yeah. yeah. It's like really punchy, really clear. Um, there's no like something, you know, one little, one little note or one little string gets kind of lost in the rest of them. It's really, really prominent all the time. And that's, I really like, I actually almost play these exclusively now. This, this one jazz pick that I have in my hand, I don't know what I did with the other one. It's over here. I ha- No, those are yours. I thought, okay. Yeah. Anyways. There's yeah. a jazz pick over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, it, the, the size was a huge thing to get used to. Because it's so mm-hmm. thin, it's so skinny in your hand, but it fits yep. into the groove of my knuckle where I like to hold a jazz size pick, and it just it just yeah. instantly made sense in my hand. So, um, and then like say it's like so rigid, so hard, it's really really mm-hmm. bright, really really nice. Yeah, this Again, has been very interesting for like the different tones and textures, and it, like it reinforces what you said the last time we had you on, John. We, yeah. um, we're just there's so much to explore and so much to learn. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I'm mostly a fingerstyle player anyhow. Like I play, I, like I even trim my nails short and play with kind of like the meat of my fingers instead of my nails, like yeah. say a flamenco player would. So 
it's a whole different like audio experience playing with a pick, especially going from one to the next to the next, you know, and really running these through. Oh, for sure. It was just like, holy crap, look at how much difference there is. Um, just yeah. between materials, even let alone the shape of the de- or the mm-hmm. or the actual mass of the pick. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yes, it's like building. I always think it's like with these sorts of things, it's a bit like building like a set of. It's like building a toolbox rather than saying. Um, I don't think there's one. Although people will argue these things till they're blue in the face, obviously, but I don't think there's. Uh, it's like taking one guitar to to do literally everything uh, like technically technically yes you can but like because you can always make the sound work for you but if you want to capture if you play if you're constantly playing a strat and then you go to play a gypsy jazz gig you know that's, <laughs> i guess unless we're gonna unless we're gonna lock horns on this <laughs> no i'm not gonna lock horns to the no 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 no, no. i i i, I oh, think, come on uh, some guitar players the pick is just a, it's, you know, they, they have a pick they like and they, they can, their creativity comes from the guitar or their own imagination and stuff more than like the pick per se. Um, oh no, for sure. Like I'm not, I would never some, argue some, that. Like some that's, folks are yeah. happy with the opening the toolbox, seeing nothing but a Swiss army knife in there rather than a, you know, box of actual tools. And some folks mm-hmm. need to open their toolbox and see a, a, a set of ratchets and some, drill bits and a uh, hammer and, you know, they need to see some actual tools in there. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, I think what we're doing here is we're exploring actual tools. We're getting past the Swiss army knife. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, uh, variants here. Um, oh, right well now. See, see, now Sorry, Okay. I just found something that I thought I'd lost. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I heard Nobody panic. The, I heard Nobody panic. There. <laughs> no one's panicking. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. So, <laughs> well, please now, advance. Now, now we're kind of getting into where I felt more naturally comfortable. Um, and that's with the uh, with the Jacatos or the Honey Picks. What do you want to do, Casper? Um, flip a coin. Really. Let's let's do honey picks. He's been waiting a, a long time. <laughs> Jesus, flip a coin. Great podcast content. Just wait a second. Go find a coin. <laughs> um, the honey picks. I so he's really changed up what he's delivering. Yep. These days, which I oh almost, yeah, I almost feel bad about because the the picks he sent us, he sent us these. A year ago. So we've almost got alien picks compared to what he's doing now. Um, I absolutely fell in love with this three mil. It's like neon plastic. It has a name. He sent the thing with it. I am. What's the emblem that's on it? Uh, There's a uh, drop in the middle. It says honey at the top. There's a a drop. uh, Laser laser, cut out. Laser cut out of the center. And then there's a three below. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, it'll be the uh, honey dipper, I guess. But like uh, Rick, like you say, Rick's Rick's changed up his stuff. I've got some of his stuff from when he had just started listing on Etsy, uh, and we had a chat, and he sent me a smoker, a beekeeper, um, but he was only doing them in acrylic. They had super super sharp points. Yep. Yep. And uh, that was kind of his. 
that was kind of his thing. And these days, um, he's doing loads of stuff in he's doing loads of stuff in uh, Kaysen, Galilith, uh, really really hard materials. He's mad into Kaysen now, um, and the the designs are getting. He's got thicker and thicker and thicker, so he's well into the six seven mil sort of area now. Um, <laughs> he's doing a lot more. You know, it's him and his it's him and his brother. Too. Yeah. Mm. Well, because it's the two of them doing it. Which is unusual for the pick game because it's normally most of the stuff. There's a handful of people who have people helping them, um, like the i.e. the people that are doing non um, non injection molded stuff, like the hand making guys. So there's only like Alexis from Iron Age. I think, I think he's got somebody helping him. Matt from Stone Age has one person, uh, and the Cahoon brothers from from Honey um, and Jaquetto as well. Yeah, and Jaquetto's got, uh, Jack's got Smitty as well. Smitty, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but for the, for the most part, they're, they're kind of one man's things, but they're, they were on, or they're going to be on my podcast, uh, in the next soon. Well, they've been on, oh, but I haven't put it out yet, but, uh, but uh, they were really awesome. interested to talk to because it's, it's his, it's his brother that makes the materials. Oh, cool. Um, which is why he's got, which is why he's got access to all this mad stuff. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. How did you find them then? And what thicknesses did he send you? So I've got the, the three mil in yellow and, uh, yeah. And I've got the, in my hand right now is the, it's the much smaller, same shape, same kind of off oblong kind of offset shape. Uh, but it's got the little honey pot on it and it's a 1.5 millimeter but it's very small, smaller than a jazz size pick by, by a little bit. Mm. And, uh, you know, but same like laser cut bevels and super sharp. Both of these are non-standard shapes. That's yeah. for sure. They're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. This one almost feels like a jazz with the, um, one side of the shield kind of extended up and out a little bit. Yep. Um, but I, I love this three mil pick. Like I, this was, uh, and and I'll be straight up and say it's not because it's the best pick here or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to trying to say it is, but uh, it's the most familiar immediately for 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 me. Um, the shape of it is, is is familiar, but the the I I play these picks that I order on bulk that uh, no one stocks anywhere, um, which is weird because they're a Dunlop. They're not an uncommon pick, um, but these are the most common pick. These are the picks I play on tour and stuff. I so I, I order these Dunlop, Tortex jazz size picks, and then I take a hole puncher and I punch an oblong shaped hole in them, uh, for grip because Tortex is the worst for grip, uh, as soon as the powder wears off of it, which takes about ten seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> This thing, because it's got this teardrop-shaped hole in it, um, immediately was just like, yes, in my fingers. And the thickness of it um, was great because it's 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 a thick, you know, it's a three-mil thick, which is, you know, I know not thick for you, John, but... <laughs> well, it's still, no, but let's let's not forget that three-mil is more than you can buy in most shops. Yeah, and... and so by, by about a millimeter, so, you know, for, for the store-bought pick, person which is the vast majority of people that is pretty hefty yeah so the three mil felt really nice 
And uh, I don't know if this is three mil or if he just calls it a three. Anyway, whatever this is, this three uh, felt really nice and and just played great on the strings, whatever this material is. I, I loved it. And uh, it was home base for me. Um, that being said, the sharp points uh, took just a moment to kind of adapt to because of, yep. of the the way he's built this pick. And uh, um, so that was a little bit of a, a different thing. But I, I really yeah. loved this thing a lot. I, uh, Yeah, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, but it wasn't, and, and this is, again, not a, I'm not slagging on anything. But this thing didn't toss any surprises at me tone-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a lot more familiar to what I've been playing a lot of over the last, you know, 15 years. Um, so it was, it was both instantly that one I was, felt the most connection to, but the least surprising mm. that way. Was it, what are they, can I just ask for my own curiosity? Are these the, um, are these the ones that are just, they're just see-through, but yes. yellow or what have you? Okay. So those are, those ones, the early ones are all done using, um, Hello. Oh yes. God, that was very weird. <laughs> um, the early, the early ones are all done using uh, acrylic. It's just straight. I would imagine it's probably crosscast acrylic because of his. He took a lot of inspiration from uh, material-wise from companies like Gravity. And if you were to test, I know this. A lot has happened in, with Honey in a year. Um, if you were to test the stuff he's making now. Um, which is primarily, I mean, he's still doing the acrylic stuff, but he's doing a lot of Karenite, he's doing a lot of casein, he's doing a lot of Galilith, uh, and shaping things differently. Uh, they're a lot more rounded. They're a lot thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, case, casein is in itself a completely different material from acrylic, like really, really different. Uh, it have, it's got a lot more power, like a lot more um, for the same thickness because it's a much more dense material. Uh, Galilith even more so, uh, so uh, and they're even more extreme in terms of colours and stuff. So uh, if you dug those, I would try try the modern ones as well because they're yeah. I'm a big Casein and Galilith fan, so yeah, Rick's I, doing I, some good work I'd with like that. To try out try out some of it. I mean, I gotta. I I'm excited to finally that we're finally doing this episode because, um, <laughs> because Rick sent us these picks so 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 long ago. And has been patiently waiting ever since for this episode mm. to happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm just excited to reach back out and be like, we finally did it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> going to be talking to him pretty soon anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, Giacchetto. Let's talk yep. Giacchetto. Um, where did I put it? Here it is. Which one you got there? I have the smaller one. I have the more jazz. Yeah, I got the bigger jazz one. Jazz size one. Yeah. one. And then we got. So the- what models did. What models did Jack send you? He didn't really tell us what the models so we've, were. So we got a couple of Zeds, the Zed picks. There's a black one and a red one. I don't think yeah. he's doing those anymore. Oh, yeah. And then we've got no. a larger, I don't know what, how many mil this thing is. It's probably like three mil anyways. Like three or four. Four or five even. It's big. Mm-hmm. Um, quite, like it's a large, like it's it's bigger so even than like the T1 base pick. But this is, So these ones I found myself most unfamiliar with. Like this is to me was like holding, uh, in you know a slab in my hand. It was super. It's, it takes a lot of getting used to for me because I'm just I'm more used to either finger style or a small, thin jazz size pick. 
So yeah. I found that these like this big pick was almost too unfamiliar, and it feels like they have a ton of power and a ton of like attack. Um, like they yeah. instantly have a lot of bottom end response. They're just like big, but I found like I couldn't, I couldn't in my playing style, I couldn't be accurate just because it's so foreign and it's going to take some real time to like really get used to something like that. And yeah, particularly as a finger style player, it's so yeah, far so to be fair to you from your real house. Yeah. Yeah. You've really only been playing with picks for a year, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, you know, that felt like I needed to hold on to it with my whole hand <laughs> instead of just between my fingers. Cause I like, Both hands. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but just because of the way I kind of bury the pick deep into my, into my hand, like there's only, you know, yeah. maybe half a centimeter of pick actually exposed no matter what pick I'm holding. So like so mm. much of the pick is buried in my hand. It just felt, it felt fo- really foreign. You know, the smaller Zed style ones that he's, I think these ones are, are, are uh, CNC. Um, they're a little. They're a little bit more like fit to my hand the way I prefer to play. Yeah, uh, and then they still have a fairly d- decent amount of mass. They're still two and a half mils or three mils or something. So um, yeah, that was a lot easier to use. Um, but again, it's, that's just all down to my playing style. I so I found the Zeds the the one major benefit of them is because they engrave the Z big right engraved in the Zed in them yeah they're really uh, easy to hold on to rip real well yeah um which so you know we're talking <laughs> which we i'm not going to spend too much time talking about the zeds because uh well he's not making them anymore yeah. z's for, for those of you who pronounce it that that way um we're canadian so we say zed hey i'm i'm not here to judge you man it's fine <laughs> get in a boot um but so to talk about these, uh, I think it's some kind of a resin. Mm-hmm. These these yeah. larger ones that he, he does. He, he makes his own. Him and Smitty make their own resin. Yeah. First, um, first off, these things are gorgeous. Like the, they do so mm. many combinations of colors and swirls and and stuff. And the, and and these are pretty small potatoes compared to some of the ones I've seen all, them putting out lately that are mixed materials of resins yeah. and and. And colored resins, transparents, and the, that's, woods, and, and yeah. they're blending it all together, and then they're hand shaping and sanding these things. I think I talked about this one when we had Jack on, and this pick that I have in my hand is it's like blue and it's got like a a clear layer, kind of as part of the mix. Yeah. So it almost looks like it looks like deep, like an ocean, like you're looking through yeah. the like through an atmosphere and into something you know, three-dimensional. So they are just stunning to look at. Yeah, they're incredible things. He sent me, it's it's, it's interesting you say that, because he sent, I'm holding it just now, he sent me a Phoenix, um, which is, as I reviewed this recently, very large. So if you compare it to, if you compare it to like a Dunlop 351, a Dunlop Green, which everyone would be familiar with, um, those are about 30 mil long, like based at up. This is 33. So when you're measuring stuff in tenths and hundreds of millimeters, three millimeters is a long way. Mm-hmm. And it really does feel, it, it took me aback a bit at first because com- even compared to some of the stuff I've played, they tend to be thicker rather than long. So that that felt a bit strange to begin with. But the other thing that he does, uh, which is quite interesting, and part of the reason the sound is so dark 
and there's so much bass involved is resin naturally is very dark uh if you play picks from anybody that specializes in resin that's the kind of general feel of it if it's velocity or whatever um but the way that they do or the way that the bevels were done on this one at least uh they are very very deep bevels but they're done really close to the end yeah i think that's what like i'm holding really really close to the John. end i'm gonna um i'm actually gonna turn uh, the camera on here one more time for you and show you that yeah i'm gonna do the same you ready yeah <laughs> that's what i got oh yeah that's i swear that's the same thing yeah well i i like these a lot these felt very again for me <clears throat> so like up again say like like you say that three five one kind of size <laughs> you're talking to the bike man even oh no it's, in, it's massive yeah yeah it's just a <laughs> <sorry>. okay <laughs> um for but me, if you watch have you ever watched sorry go on i was gonna say for me i i've i've had a longer history with big thick picks so these from again for me were very <laughs> that's, like that's what up she my said. alley anyways <laughs> did you think he mentioned the area and that's why it's amusing. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what goes on in his head. Okay? Right. Wanna, uh, you didn't hear me. I I, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, he's, um, he's a professional and he's rising so above it. I liked the shape and I liked the thickness of these quite a bit. I loved the tone. Tone wise, these things were my favorite because yeah. I loved the low end they gave effortlessly and the warmth. Mm. Um. But I these ones I the one thing I struggle with is the resin I find hard to hold on to. Mm. Um, I'm infinitely tempted to just drill a hole <laughs> in the center of this. Oh, dude, please don't do that. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just for because I'll know I'll I'll feel it in the force. Like if you're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody somewhere is doing a thing. Um, it, 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 is, it is odd with well the thing with resin is it is it is odd um, when you play it first I've got quite I've got quite dry hands um, but they are I always find this sort of stuff resin particularly resin and stuff like acrylester and bone when it's been polished very 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 grippy um, and if you are struggling with the grip of that then instead of drilling a big hole in it uh, just putting a little bit of sandpaper on either side and sort of rubbing it a tiny bit would make all the difference in the world. I'm not suggesting, Jack, if you're listening, for God's sake, I'm not suggesting that he does that. But I'm saying... Did you like, hear that, Jack? He suggested you know, I do exactly that. <laughs> I will also say, I will also say, that if you watch the guys, um, if you ever get a chance to see, because there's a couple of videos around of Jack playing guitar, He's not a big guy for putting his putting his face, you know, into the company's uh, sort of Instagram and, and stuff. Um, but if you ever see him playing guitar and you see the sort of indoor seas they have on the books, uh, the artists that they've been working with, Jaquetto artists playing guitar, it's all about velocity and economy picking and delivering as much force as humanly possible as quickly as possible with as little movement as possible which is why they bevel the way that they do so if you're and why he's favored a material that's so bass heavy because when you're going through individual notes at speed if you have a material that's designed to go like super like all time or something that's super super hard and super super fast that's cool and everything but if you want to have 
if you want to make sure those notes keep a good bit of body to them, having a material that favours the bottom end is just going to give you that little bit more uh, consistently as you're going, you know, rather than nylon, which would kind of go, it goes in slightly dull and it's right behind it. (laughs) No, it's just my face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's okay. So I got to ask, man, like, how is sandpapering it less sacred or less, uh, not sacred, less heretical or sacrilegious maybe (laughs) than uh, drilling a hole? Well, than drilling a hole in the middle. Well, think of it like an think of it like a neck right so when you get a, when you get a guitar neck that's been heavily lacquered like i did this on my old gibson nighthawk um which i haven't had well i sold the guy just ago but it basically the, the the lacquer on those is uh is pretty thick and some people don't like that i personally don't like that if you if you take a really high grade of sandpaper and just do a couple oh. of passes up and down the neck it takes it, it takes the tiniest tiniest bit I, off but I, it doesn't i know what you're saying i've done you it. know that feels more sacrilegious yeah. to me than <laughs> that's a that's a that's a collectible guitar my friend well let it's me tell you let me tell you good sir let me tell you about my gibson like my 1983 all original <laughs> gibson nighthawk that when i took the back off it we took the back off it to to sort the, it was making some basically when you turned the volume knob it went 10 1 nothing yeah <laughs> so i had yeah, to had, had there to was no that. taper and in fairness the pickups that were in those were just utterly utterly stupid i think mine was kicking out it was a 500t and a firebird pickup and it was kicking out like 16 17k so you couldn't clean it up at all it was just this raving madman like all the time when we took the back <laughs> off of that and looked on the inside the guy who had wired it up had obviously been given a spool of wire and said, well, if they've given me this wire, I must have to use all of it. And he just put all of the, we, we took about, we took about 11, 12 inches of, of cable at the back of that guitar. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, no messing. Like the whole cavity was absolutely jammed full of wire. Um, so I didn't, and then I swapped both the pickups out and then put them both back in. So I didn't, once that bridge had been crossed, I didn't feel weird about it. Plus, I will also <laughs> say, if you are if you are somebody who is interested in buying a Nighthawk, you have already made the decision that you don't want a Gibson that is practical, holds <laughs> its value, or is cool. So it it was going to go to somebody who really really wanted it. You know, it's um, funny. Um, those things have started to become collectible now because they've hit that age where uh, there's a whole generation of guitarists that aren't super familiar with them. Mm-hmm. And they're vintage. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just, you know what? Though, they're all out there. We, all these we had a similar. All these guys out this, there are going uh, about the RD too. They're becoming kind of trendy. Yeah, just because they were short run, they didn't the, have a. There wasn't a lot of them out there. But the RD was the RDs crap. are such a weird one. <laughs> yeah, the RD. Well, was the, the Nighthawk wasn't crap. It was mental. So <laughs> there's a big, you know, what's well, because it's like they said, well, let's let's make a Gibson. And it's kind of for the shred era, but it's kind of not because it's a bit too late because it came out. I think it was '93 they started making them. I don't know what that guitar was for. It it really appealed to nobody at the same time as it. If was you if you look, <laughs> if you look at the indoor C list, once when I got mine because I always I remember seeing them when I was when I was really young, just before I started playing guitar, and I always thought they were cool. 
Um, because I like the Florentine cutaway and I like the asymmetric pickup and, and blah, blah. But if you look down the people that use them, I think the only person that you would look down the list and go, oh, that's a name I recognize is Nancy Wilson. <laughs> who, has a signature, who has a signature model. She's the only person. But I will tell you, if anybody is out there thinking about buying one, if you're buying it as an investment, that's fine. If you're buying it to use, just remember, it is a Gibson Les Paul shape, but but slightly too small, with a really sharp Florentine cutaway, with a body that's really thin. It's a fender scale length, and it's got a Strat style, like, well, like a hardtail Strat style through body brass bridge. It's a weird thing. (laughs) <laughs> and, and also, it's so thin that when I turned when I was playing it, like if I turned to face the other way, it would go, <laughs> So I, <laughs> I, had to, there's, there's, I had to get rid of it, and it's, you know, uh, crazy thing. I can only think of, there's one one person I've seen professionally playing those things, and, and if you're not in Canada, you might not know this band at all, but uh, the, the the lead guy, Sean, from Widemouth Mason. Mm-hmm. He used to play a couple of these things, and it was, he's the only person, and and, and I I just don't like him. The original I, run was only five years, 93 yeah, to 98. I can't believe they even lasted that yeah. long. They're, they've been reissued since 2009. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, they, got they did an Epi one for ages. But I mean, Epi, they did the Blues Hawk, like, which was even more pointless. <laughs> <laughs> was the same guitar with half the wood with P90s, so like, yeah. what are you doing? I don't know. Do you know it was, what I mean? It was a strange choice all around. You know, it's funny, though. The Gibson 500T has got to be one of the... And if you get a Gibson with that pickup in it, it's going to sound like high-output, muddy trash every single time. Yeah. <laughs> but the weird thing about it's that... It's a weird pickup, balance. If you take one of those Gibson 500Ts, and this is, a, this is a, a fun... I did this, and it was one of the best guitars I've ever had. Take one of those 500Ts, go and slap it in a Fender Strat in the bridge position, and because it's a Gibson pickup, it'll have those big, tall mounting posts. You can direct mount that pickup to the bottom of the pickup cavity. Won't even be attached to the the, the pickguard. Pick guard. And it should be about the right height <laughs> for those strings. It will actually sound really magical. It's a really great rock guitar at that point. Mm. But that's in an ash body, a bolt-on neck, and a completely different scale length. And, and hard-mounted to the body. And yeah. hard-mounted to the body. And it kind of works in that context. But those things are ceramic magnet, super high output, muddy sounding pickups. And if you put them in anything Gibson, and I mean anything Gibson, they sound like just poop. <laughs> just pure amplified yeah. poop. Because almost everything Gibson is mahogany based, <laughs> often big and mahogany yeah. based. Yeah. And that's a dark sounding wood. A high output, dark sounding pickup in a dark sounding wood sounds like garbage. But for some reason, that 500T, because it's yeah. high output, they're like, everybody metal will love this. So that's, that was the one they put in all the Explorers, all the Vs, and any guitar that yeah. they wanted to sell but didn't really love too much. <laughs> so like, it was like, you know, like, we're putting out a limited edition guitar for Avril Lavigne's Boyfriend of the Week. It's, uh, put a 500T in there. It was like... Let's oh, put a 500 in there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's open this tin of beans with dynamite. Yeah. Oh, man. Because they put that... They make that now. It's the um, it's the Dirty Finger... The Dirty Fingers Plus, I think, is the closest relative. Because they did the 490T for a while. The 490... Um, okay, so that's a different series. Um, like, the 490... 
was part of like the 490 and the 498 pairing, which if you have a 498 in the bridge and a 490 in the neck, that's great. Anytime you see a 490 in the bridge, again, it's going to be garbage. You're going to hate your life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but those are no middle. This, I love that there's no middle step there. It's just straight in. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to offend some Gibson fans out there, but I don't feel like Gibson has a middle ground. Mm-hmm. I, no, they, I would concur with that. I think they're either knocking it out of the park with something or they're just absolutely like, why is there poop in my bed? But, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's their, that's their modus operandi. I don't know why, it, but they're either knocking it out of the park with their guitar models or they're just kind of like, Oh, this could have, oh, this could have been something great, but let's go change our diapers and move on with our lives. Mm. Now, I guess. Because, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to get on a Gibson rant. We've yeah. <laughs> done a lot of Gibson rants on the show. Uh, separate show. Separate show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> what a way to end a pick episode. Mm-hmm. Me ranting like an angry goblin about Gibson. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did see a uh, a Pelham, is it Pelham Blue? Oh, that SG? That SG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was tempted by that. Oh, what, the P91? P91, yeah. yeah. Casper's been hunting right. for a P90 oh, SG for let a while. Me, let me tell you, boys, <laughs> that of all the... Because I currently... I won't say the name of the company, but I currently work at a, a Gibson dealership. Um, or we carry... We're a guitar shop that carries Gibson. And I... Um, of all the stuff we've had in, in the last couple of years, uh, the... The SG Special with P90s, and I will stick my neck out here and say both the Gibson and the Epi model, which is by no means the highest model in the range, both of those are hilarious. They're both so much fun, and the Epiphone one is a, an odd character because even though it's an Epi, it costs about 380 quid over here. Yep. No idea what that is in dollars. Yeah, yep. Yep. 539, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, US, probably for something. No. That that guitar, even though, even though it's definitely not as sophisticated, mature, and deep sounding as the as the Gibson equivalent, the Epiphone one, it's it's kind of got rather than being better or worse, it's kind of its own thing. The pickups are so like open and hairy sounding and wild, <laughs> and it, it's 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 totally not. It's the, it's funnily enough the guitar the Odessa that I I got recently the yellow one with the single P90 in it it's because of a combination of a junior we had secondhand and that guitar that made me go right I'm missing out by not having P90s and <laughs> I I they're I'm, so poor <laughs> I'm with you man I'm actually for all I've been ranting about Gibson and Gibson's uh, corporate behavior has angered me lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think Epiphone in particular is knocking things out of the park lately. Mm-hmm. Like all the master built series, like the inspired by Gibson acoustics are great. The G for the G 15 they did or the G 45, I can't remember which one it is, but that the, the sort of built by inspired by Gibson series. Those are superb. And the new Epi standards are great. Got, you know, like in addition to like them making a, a nicer looking headstock, um, more akin to traditional Epiphone, because they always had an open book kind of thing going mm-hmm. on too. Um, yeah. The models are cooler. And they've finally gone, wait a minute, Epiphone is its own legacy brand. We don't need it to be like cheap Gibson clone junior stuff. Yeah. And they finally, finally 
they've got an American Texan out in the world again. And you're going to bring up the American-made yep. casinos next. And the American casinos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like casinos. <laughs> but the casinos, like that, that, that's 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 a Beatles guitar that didn't change. Like that stayed. Like John Lennon never stopped playing his casino. And this is a guy who got free guitars every week. Mm. Yeah, you, you, Paul Weller is the same. You look at the Beatles. He's been using old yeah. casinos for ages. The Beatles changed guitars every record. Like, they didn't stick with the same thing for the most part at all, other than those casinos sung around for a while. Um, the casinos, like, that that was a guitar that really threatened Gibson. Mm. I think that's a, you know, that and the New Yorker. Um, so it's, it's just nice to see Epiphone being this strong legacy brand again. Um, for all the dumb stuff Gibson does, they're doing that right. Um, anyway, props. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to play the SG in the store. What? Nah, man. COVID's still like, I can look at it. Oh, you're not allowed to play test things, eh? No. Nope. They completely locked the acoustic room. You know, you can go in there and That's look. That's really interesting. You can't touch anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if That's... they're, they said, that we have... if, if I wanted to play one, it would have to be like in the store and like, like what it was just a weird scenario. I'm like, well, I don't really want to like and go to Long McQuaid yeah, and play whatever the heck I want when I was in there. It was yeah. like they they just would sanitize the guitar afterwards. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. I think there's we more, clean, clean it with panel wipe. There's more uh, selection at the L and M, anyways. Might run up well, there. I mean, they're Yorkville. They're the well, they had distributors the, in Canada. They, so. they had the worn green one too. I didn't like the felon blue. I don't know why I didn't like that. It's I just, gotta be honest. It doesn't, um, doesn't strike me as a good color. Green and blue guitars rarely appealed to me mm-hmm. when outside of fender like with a daphne blue or something usually to me most people's green and blue guitars look like cheap no-name guitars mm. <laughs> um there's there's obviously exceptions every once in a while but yeah very rarely do i enjoy a green or a blue guitar mm. i think it does depend a lot on the body because if you get if you get like um i know there's certain colors that don't work for certain things but like if you get uh shell pink and you put shell pink on a jazz master or a mustang then it looks fine but if you put it on a strat it looks really weird see but then it also depends <laughs> it depends how they're pairing it with a plate you picked you the know? wrong color for me man he's a shell, shell pink, pink is like yes everything <laughs> I've seen shell paint with a tortoise shell plate, man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's not a. I don't know. Oh yes, it is. High contrast forever. (laughs) Tortoise shell and everything. I'm totally down with it. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, well, uh, I was just going to ask you to leave and not come back ever again. We do actually have to end the show. I feel bad that I made that joke now. Um, dude, thanks so much for coming on and doing this with us, man. You had a lot more insight to offer than uh, the two troglodytes that we are with these picks because uh, <laughs> it would have been a half-hour episode this week if you hadn't been here. To- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, well, it's a- I like this one. It it made the strings go bling, 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 and, and this one made them go belong, belong, belong. <laughs> That would have been nice. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I said, but shorter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all, all joking aside, boys, it's always a pleasure. Um, and I I will say, if I, to quote your countrymen again, if I maybe see this room, 
anyone that's happy to talk about the pit game, um, I'm all in favour of being around and supporting that. So, yeah, I think it's cool that you got such a diverse range of stuff as well mm-hmm. because all those guys, different materials, different sizes, different thicknesses, different approaches, you know, whole nine yards. It's uh, If you'd had, I will say, if you'd had Pigtrum in the mix, that would have been cool. I, um, um, yeah. Just because, poor, you poor know, Pigtrum, um, he's in, he was willing, he wanted to, but COVID meant he couldn't ship anything out for the longest yeah. time. He wasn't Shipping from stuff. Germany is a, Shipping from Germany is, is a, a, a much, much bigger hassle than even I realized. And I'm a lot closer at home than you are, yeah. like geographically speaking, um, which is why I handle this stuff in the UK. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's some, it's some cool, some cool gear, but there's, you didn't have any duffers, which is good because I didn't know what brands you'd got in before we started doing this. So oh, yeah, I didn't. there's not a lot of stuff out there, but there is some. I was like, so did Al inform you as to what we're doing here? <laughs> well, I, I, I passed the gist on of having he gave me the He gave Why? me the broad strokes. Yeah, yeah, then, the abridged know. notes. I didn't tell him what brands we were talking about. <laughs> I'm a good podcast host. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that voice is. Uh, that was Billy that Kermit was the frog. you're doing your you. best, man. That's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. If, hey, listen, Hillbilly Kermit. Yeah. Now listen, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about picks. <laughs> um, I'd watch. I'd watch that. <laughs> Great. I'll get right on that. Uh, no, th- dude. It's it's always quite lovely to to chat with you and. Uh, you're a true, true gentleman. Um, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us again. A pleasure indeed, boys. And, Many thanks. Uh, and uh, dear listeners, definitely check out the brand. See what you, you know, get you, let your curiosity guide you. But, you know, check, check them out. Um, and a huge thanks to, to Tree Picks, to Honey Picks, Chiquetto Picks, uh, and T1 Picks. Um, it was awesome of you to, to, to make this episode happen, so. We appreciate that a lot. Please, please uh, go follow each of these brands on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Tell them how much you love them, and uh, order some picks. Try them out. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.